An Instagram post gets an unexpected boost. A TikTok catches in the algorithm. Sometimes that's all it takes to launch someone into internet fame. But then what? This Blew Up is a new podcast documentary that reveals how social media stardom is made. It's a different kind of fame that's not always as glamorous as it looks. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Alyssa Bereznak. You can listen to This Blew Up on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Krolbeck. Sunday of week eight is over. My New York Giants lost to DK Seattle Seahawks, which mm. sucks. But we can get to that later because it's an extraordinarily <laughs> ugly game. And what was otherwise an awesome week, I feel like I don't want to talk about Richie James muffing puns. I'm right, curious. Right. We, we have been talking about no points being scored, offenses looking awful, quarterback sucking. None of that happened today. It was a barn burner. It was a scoring avalanche. <laughs> the, especially the early slate. I feel like the second the second slate or the afternoon slate and then the night game was a little underwhelming, but the early slate was just nonstop action. I think I've decided that my favorite type of football game that doesn't involve my own team is two shitty teams just in an absolute bonkers shootout. Like Carolina, Atlanta, <laughs> yes. to me, that's the best kind of Sunday morning football you could ask for. 100%. I love it. When the Panthers missed, I can't even keep track, but when the Panthers went scored, and then I was like, this is why the NFL makes $16 billion a year. And so then good. the Panthers missed the extra point. And I was like, and that's why they're going to make $25 billion. I, I watched the game with my brother, and my brother had Panthers plus three and a half in the roller coaster <laughs> that he was going through in the final 30 minutes. Yeah. It makes it all worth it. If you know the chart, obviously the Falcons, like they're like, you know, artists, like modern art in like oh, how yeah, they can yeah. lose the games. But that chart looks like a, like a, like Bitcoin over the last two years. It's just like <laughs> up and down and up. It's unbelievable. But, the real winner of the day, I just wanted to start start with the only winner I could think of, which is just running backs. Every yeah. kind of running back, star it's running pe backs. People scoring three touchdowns. I feel like, like 10 dudes and three touchdowns today. <laughs> it was ridiculous the whole day. So I just want to start with like the superstar running backs, like the old guard that we've kind of wanted to move away from. We were getting obsessed with Brees Hall and Kenneth Walkers and, and all these guys. And no, the dad strength of the old guys, number one scorer on the day, Alvin Kamara, 38 half PPR points. He had three touchdowns today. As Craig said, you know how many touchdowns Kamara had before? Zero. 
He looked like vintage Camara, more importantly, and then the Saints shut out the Raiders 24-0, which is inexplicable. Christian McCaffrey, 36 half PPR points. First player with a passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown, a receiving touchdown in 17 years. LaDainian Tomlinson did that. If you add 30 passing yards onto that, so a passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown, a receiving touchdown, and 30 passing yards, first person to ever do that in the Super Bowl era, aside from just looking great in the 49ers jersey. Yeah, because LT, LT's touchdowns when he would throw them were like three yards. They like were lives. like on the goal line. <laughs> McCaffrey threw a bomb. Derrick Henry, 35 fantasy points. The most Derrick Henry stat line ever. 32 carries, 219 rushing yards, two touchdowns. Titans had one pass in the second half. They Love won that. this game without Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> I, th I couldn't believe this. Derrick Henry ties Adrian Peterson and O.J. Simpson, most 200-yard games in NFL history. But more impressively to me, this sounds impossible. It's his fourth game against the Texans with 200 rushing yards. <laughs> In a, like, row, in a row. Why can't in a they row? figure this out? This in is a crazy. row. Fourth 200-yard rushing game against Houston in a row. Oh, I wow. had to look that up because I thought that was wrong, but it's true. So with all that, we've been trying to move on for these young guns, and then it's Kamara, McCaffrey, Derrick Henry with three of the best games in their entire careers. DK, dad what is strength. your take? Yeah, the Dad strength? Is that mm -hmm. your takeaway from all this? That's dad what it strength? is. Uh, let's start with Kamara, who I said this, I think, last week, but it, it really rings true, and then Greg Rosenthal tweeted this, and I'm like... This is absolutely true. Like the reason Andy Dalton is the starter for the Saints is because he gets Kamara involved. Like he actually checks it down to him, gets him involved, gets gets the ball in the hands of their best players. Like for whatever reason, like James Winston's just like allergic to checking it down. This is just not who he is. Um, but I think that a big part of the reason that that Andy Dalton is the starter is literally just because he's willing to give the ball to Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara had ten targets, team high ten targets today, nine receptions, ninety six yards, two touchdowns through the air in addition to his 62 yards and score on the ground. He also looked, Camara looked like happy to be on the team for the first time in a while. And the Saints just <laughs> looked joy. energized. Yeah, he was pumped up. Like Camara's usually not a very animated person on the field. And he was like really jazzed today and, and, and seemed to be like finally happy Get with his role in the offense. Yeah. He gave a halftime speech, or not a halftime, after the game like a week ago. I think that he's like become kind of more of like a leader on the team. But yeah, no, he just looked like himself. And it, since he became healthy, too, he, isn't he, he's now like a top seven running back in fantasy. The by, he was, uh, like, in retrospect, obviously, like, the Bilo running back of the first two weeks. Everyone was, like, wanted to get out. He had the rib injury and everything. And now he just looks incredible. Okay, Craig, what is your main takeaway from all these star running backs going off? If McCaffrey's on the Niners next year, it, is he the most unanimous number one overall pick in fantasy that we've had in, like, the last 10 years? Ooh. I mean... He, he has, based on what we saw today, he has the McCaffrey role that he had on the Panthers, but on a team that's actually good that knows how to use him. <laughs> right. Well, it's not just knows how to use him. It's they're the best at using running backs. Like Exactly. That's the thing. It's like, imagine if instead of Jeff Wilson getting all these touches, it was Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like we're moving away from drafting running backs in the first round. But man, McCaffrey on the Niners, it might bring me back. I mean, I think that if I think that with Christian McCaffrey, I mean, Bill always had like the Tyson zone and it's like, this isn't the Tyson zone, but it's within the stat. We need like a box score Tyson zone. I think you can convince me of anything is possible with McCaffrey. Like he could have 300 total yards in a game. I don't think I'd really blink an eye. Um, are we going to go through the song and dance though with Trey Lance again next year where it's like, oh, he's not going to check down. We'll, we'll, we'll get to Trey Lance. That's a good <laughs> yeah. point. We'll get to We're him later. Have I have to, a whole like, go thing. Go through that thing, I think. God, that sucks. Sorry it wasn't just parade. the great running backs <laughs> that were great today, though, because it was also the backup running backs. 
to just run through some of these guys. Tony Pollard justified anyone who's had him as a handcuff for the last four years. Yeah. And Zeke finally misses a game. Tony Pollard gets 15 touches for almost 150 yards, three touchdowns. Tony Pollard has now had two games where he started. And in those two games, he was either the number one running back or top four in fantasy. So that's pretty good. Two games without Zeke. He's got five touchdowns and almost 300 yards in those games. <laughs> Deontay <laughs> Foreman, Panthers running back. Christian McCaffrey yeah. gets tra- Christian McCaffrey gets traded. Chuba Hubbard's out. And we're like, oh, last week, oh, Deontay Foreman, he can't do that again. Actually, he had exactly 118 rushing yards again. And this time he had three touchdowns. Niners should have traded for Foreman. Would have been a lot cheaper. There you go. <laughs> Probably could have just given a six. Jamal <laughs> Williams, we're like, oh my God, the Lions offense is worse. DeAndre Swift's back. Doesn't matter. Jamal Williams has two touchdowns. He's a top 10 running back. Uh, only other Lion with multiple rushing touchdowns four times in a season is Barry Sanders. Just him and Jamal Williams. Antonio Gibson, we're like, oh my God, is what happens when Brian Robinson comes back? Antonio Gibson straight up has been better since Ryan Brian Robinson returned. Like straight up Antonio Gibson is just a better player with better fantasy. Khalil Herbert just outplaying David Montgomery, his fewer touches, but 99 yards and a touchdown. All these backup running backs. This was a bonanza today. Like week two, there were 12 running backs had like 12 rushing touchdowns. And then this week, like four people had 10 combined. So DK, all these running backup running backs, what's the one that you look at and you're like laser in on as like, what's your main thought here? I mean, Tony Pollard, 100%. Like this is the AKA, we're just an injury away from having a good team award. Heifetz, you've talked about this in the past. This was a Lombardiism. I, I'm going to go crazy. Like I'm not even, a, I don't care whether the <laughs> Cowboys win or lose. I'm not a Cowboys fan. I can't imagine how mad and frustrated Cowboys fans must be that they're just still fucking going with Zeke despite literally 100% of the evidence like saying that Pollard is better. Uh, and after the game, Jerry Jones came out and talked about how it's they're still not changing their opinion. They're not they're not going to change anything. Their philosophy, Zeke is, they go where Zeke goes. Like, how stupid are you? How did you get so much money? Like, I don't get this. This drives me insane. <laughs> they go where so Zeke much- goes. Well, Zeke goes three yards forward and then falls down. Seriously, Zeke's high this year is 80. He hasn't rushed more than 81 yards this year. Like, ah, God, like this is truly the most frustrating thing in football right now is like coaches and teams just absolutely refusing to play their best players for whatever fucking reason. Like, I get that there's the money thing with Zeke. Like, who cares? It's a sunk cost. Just freaking play your best players. It's probably because Jerry Jones was the one who wanted to draft Zeke in the top five, and his entire life's pursuit now is validating that draft pick. Yeah, he's just like just a fantasy football so guy. Stupid. He just like has this pick. The funniest thing about Jerry Jones is every year he gets older and goes to the combine and loses more of a filter and says more and more what he wants for Super Bowl. He was like, I'd rather have a Super Bowl than a than another billion dollars. And the next year he went and said, other than the health and safety of my family, there's nothing I want more. And then I think this year or last year, he was like, there's, I would do horrible things for Super Bowl. All he has to do is bench Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> it's like all he has to do. Yeah, dude, just play your best players. I, I, it, uh, I like talking to you guys so much about this offline, about how just the whole, like this, this myth of or that coaches know what's best and they're always going to, they watch practice. They know more than us, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, not always. Guess what? Sometimes they're just stupid. They make terrible decisions. Like, this is clearly <laughs> not good for the Cowboys. Not playing Pollard as your starter is bad for the Cowboys. Like, that is objective. I don't, there's no, there's no like opinion here. I, it just drives me insane. It's like when I was a kid and I used to think that everybody who was like over the age of 40 was smart just because they were over <laughs> 40 years old. Yeah. And then I, what I, I like, 
you know, once I was in my twenties, I started to interact with people in their forties and fifties a lot more. And I'm like, oh, you know what? There's all you idiots are idiots. It doesn't matter how old you are. A 55 year old can be just as big of an yeah. idiot as a 15 year old. Well, this well, is like the, the, Craig and I talk about this all the time where it's like when you're a kid, your parents are like superheroes. And then you grow up and you say. get in your twenties and you're like, oh my God, they were just people. I'm like, uh, my mom was 28 when she had me or something. I'm like, man, I'm 28. Wait, no, what's that Bo Burnham joke? The Bo Burnham joke when he's like, when my dad was 27, he went to Vietnam. When I turned 27, I built a birdhouse with my mom. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Dude, this is like the biggest lesson I learned as I became a parent. And I became a parent like old. I was like 37. And... I don't like we don't know anything. We're making it up as we go along. You know what I mean? Like this is exactly what fucking coaches are doing. I like the the whole like um just assume that coaches are making the best decision thing like that just drives me nuts. Like obviously we're in the fantasy realm. We want to see Pollard go off every week. It's it we have a vested interest in that. But like to me this is not just like some stupid fantasy thing. Like he is objectively way better than Zeke right now. I'm, like there's I'm no much nothing you could say to me that would ev ever convince me otherwise. Like this is just stupid. I'm so much more hesitant than DK to cri criticize coaches in part because I also don't know anything. So I just defer to the people who are there every day. I think I'd go less from like people are stupid to like you can very easily overanalyze things when your job is to think about something for 18 hours a day. Kind of like how we never take Travis Kelsey in the drafts, even though we should. <laughs> it's like it's like we should all stick our own advice, just take the players. But I will say to your point, DK, about just it being obvious, Tony Pollard averaged nine yards a carry today. And three rushing touchdowns. Dude, he does and that every game. <laughs> Zeke Elliott's never done either of those things in a game for the Cowboys. He's never had nine yards per carry, and he's never had three rushing touchdowns in a game. And it wasn't even like he was just, oh, the, he's catching passes, and therefore he's, like, doing better. This is, they're using it different. No, he was just running the football. He was, like, their lead back. Like, oh, God. I, this is, like, there's so many other examples of this that we could get to, like the Justin Fields thing. It's like, oh, a year and a half into his career, they suddenly realize he's, Six foot three, <laughs> two hundred thirty five pounds. He runs a four four, and maybe it would make sense to have him run around a little. Like, what the <laughs> fuck took so long? Like everything about like the coaches this year are just—it's just driving me. I feel like I'm taking crazy fills. Like this yeah. is the most obvious thing. We knew this when he was at Ohio State. Sorry, now I'm getting out of fields, but like, please, the whole thing is just so absurd. It's Don't just apologize. Ridiculous. I love the way he's talking to you, Chip. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way my boy's talking to you. <laughs> Oh, come at you like a spider monkey. TK, are there any other these other running back performances? I'm making my dog nervous. He's, he's pacing around the room because I'm like screaming at this. He's going to throw your war medals off the, the bridge. <laughs> uh, anyways, that's all, that's all I got. The, the Pollard thing just drove me nuts today. I think it's important to note, like Deontay Foreman looked really good. That's cool for, I think, a number of reasons. The first one being that he came back from an Achilles injury, which is almost always like a career killer, it feels like, but that that might be changing. That's why Matt Rule got fired. He kept playing Christian McCaffrey over <laughs> Deontay Foreman. Out of out of these four like backup guys who had big days today, Deontay Foreman, Jamal Williams, Antonio Gibson, Khalil Herbert, who are you most confident in moving forward? In fantasy? Oh, man. That's a really tough one. Probably Khalil Herbert. Honestly, just because they're so run heavy that there's, I feel like there's probably going to be volume for him if he's in the game, even though he's playing like a split with uh, Dave Montgomery. You know, he's he's shown, I think he just fits their scheme better. He's more explosive. He goes north-south. You know, he's created more explosive plays. I, I do think David Montgomery is a good player. Like, I don't think it's binary where, like, David Montgomery's bad and, and Khalil Herbert's good. But Khalil Herbert, I think, just is clearly... It's it's actually pretty similar to the, the Pollard thing, except for I just think David Montgomery is better than Zeke. <laughs> like, but, like, they should just... They should lead more on Herbert. 
dude, next week, Jamal Williams, the Lions, they're playing the Packers. The Packers gave up 50 yards to Devin Singletary, like the first drive of the game. Yeah. They can't yeah. stop the run at all. Anyway, my God. All right. The Cooper Cup Award for the player you wish you had drafted more of? Uh, yeah, it's players on the Dolphins. Um, <laughs> I had two a high in my rest of the season quarterback rankings, and that's starting to pay off quickly. He was the best quarterback today in fantasy. And Tyreek and Waddle were both in the top four at wide receiver. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle have more total receiving yards through eight games than any duo in NFL history. This is their second week this year of finishing in the top four, both of them in the top four in a week in fantasy scoring. Um, I got a, I got a take for you guys. Ooh. Ooh. Love when he starts it with that. I think the Dolphins used Tyreek Hill better than the Chiefs did. <laughs> nice. More yak opportunity or something? I, like, what, what do you, what do you mean? You know, I, I if I could bring on somebody who's like a, a true tape grinder, they could probably help support my claim. But just watching every game, watching the Chiefs games with Tyreek and watching Miami, the way that they get Tyreek the ball is just more creative. It's smarter. It's almost like because two is not very good, they need to scheme ways to get Tyreek mm. Hill open in, in in more creative ways. And with Patrick Mahomes, like it didn't really matter because Mahomes could get him the ball. But the way they use Tyreek Hill is like, you know, we always joke about how Justin Jefferson is just like whenever every time he catches the ball, there's nobody within 20 yards of him. I yeah. feel the same way about Tyreek Hill, except unfortunately, once again, like I've been saying all season, Tua is underthrowing every ball to Tyreek Hill. Yes, Ty he is. Every single time Tyreek catches a ball, his back is facing the end zone. <laughs> every <laughs> he's catch. Field, he's fielding punts. You know what's so funny? I can't remember uh, a, like a preseason Twitter like criticism. That ended up being like exactly true quite as much as be, people being like, Tua is going to underthrow Tyreek. And it's true, Craig. Like he's he's not just like back to the end zone. He's like running the wrong direction to catch <laughs> yes. all these balls. Coming back for it. <laughs> but it's not in the design way. But to your point, Craig, I actually think it's a really interesting point because what's that? The meme with Patrick Mahomes was him chucking and he's like, fuck it. Tyreek's down there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And with Miami, it's a lot more. Hey, Tyreek's right here. As yes. we planned, wide open, throw him the ball. And it's true, though. Like, I, I think the biggest thing for Miami this year was how good is Tua? How is he going to develop? We almost can, like, pick up that question and put it to the side because at least when he's healthy and playing and not, like, out with the concussion and everything that's happened in Miami this year. The offense with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell with Mike McDaniel designing it is so incredible and just having the fastest player in the NFL and then one of the other four fastest players in the NFL, but like in the Shanahan system, it feels like the, I don't want to be like the future of football, but it, it, it I don't know. It feels revelatory. It feels like, like certain NBA offenses I've watched. I don't know. In a way, like watching, I kind of just want to watch the dolphins and the bills in a playoff game because it feels like these, these guys are like doing it like on another level, the way it's, it's, if you give Tyree a cool cushion, you know, if he just, you just throw him the bubble screen, but now you're playing tag and no one can touch Tyreek Hill. Yeah. But at the same time, like this is the two, I honestly, this might be the most unique offense in history because you have two of the fastest players in the NFL as like their two main receivers. Like I was talking about this during the offseason. Like I'm so fascinated by this because they've accumulated Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Like I, there hasn't really been a combination of receivers on any team before like that. I can't remember and not certainly not in the last recent years. And so it's not like you could just copycat like what the what the Dolphins are doing, you know? I think they're the they're either the most fun offense in the league or second behind the Bills. I mean, the, you know how Bill always talks about, you know, his favorite league pass teams in the NBA? If I could yeah. pick a league pass offense in football, it's the Dolphins. How many times are you watching Red Zone and Siciliano or Hanson or is you hear oh, oh, we got to check back into Miami. Something <laughs> just happened with Jalen Waddle, who, by the way, 
by far the best end zone dance. I know I've said this before. The waddle <laughs> is the best the best dance I think of the past twenty years. It's dude, how great. demoralizing it must be to give up a touchdown and then everyone's like, oh, I get the touchdown. It's a dance. penguin, cute little penguin. And dude, all the offensive linemen do it with them. Oh, it's so good. Can we make a category for offenses that are literally? Just name it something like every time I look up that category, every time I look up. Fucking Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddell is ripping off like yards. a 50 it's so yard true. play. <laughs> because like, it's, it's like the Giants are the opposite. Every time I look up, nothing's changed. The stats <laughs> haven't changed. Like they don't have oh, any more points. Pun. Yeah. The well, before we move off Tyree Kill, I, NFL research, I got this from Tyree Kill has 961 receiving yards this season, which is the third most in the first eight games of a season in the Super Bowl era. The only people ahead of him are Tory Holt in 2003 and Marvin Harrison in 2000. And then to Craig's point, if you take out week three again, which is when the Bills were in the 90 degree heat and they had like 100 plays and they like the Dolphins barely the ball and week five and he was, was cramping. Bridge, yeah. And Teddy Bridgewater got hurt on like the first drive of the game. If you take out and just look at the six games that Tyree Kill has played in real Dolphins games, he's on pace for 2,500 receiving yards. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Even right now with, with the, the week three, he's on pace for 2,042. It's just this this offense is incredible. Okay, other players you wish you had drafted more of DK. Uh, Travis Etienne, he's turning out to be what all the draft nerds I think wanted him to be. Basically, he's not not only is he extremely extremely explosive, utilized in the passing game, uh, capable of creating like the home run anytime he touches the football. That all that stuff that we talked about as like when he was a prospect. But not only that, now he has just like the the three down workload. Like he is the number one back for the Jags. They literally traded away their old starter to just let him have the offense now. Like he's the guy. Twenty four carries plus three tar- uh, three catches, twenty seven touches for a guy like that. Like I was not expecting that. I honestly didn't really expect that to happen in his career. I thought he was going to be more like a you know a complimentary type player. Um, but it's awesome to see. I think he has. He's the maybe the easiest guy in terms of running backs. It's just like the eye test is like this guy's fast as fuck. You know what I mean? Like every time he touches the ball, he just like looks like he shot at a cannon. So um, it's very cool to see Travis Etienne. Um, and, you know, he was like the big bright spot of that game. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. The I've made a huge mistake award. I'm just giving it to the entire 2021 quarterback class. I, this mm. is where Bill would say, turn the TikTok camera on or whatever he says now. But the 2021 quarterback class, we need to reevaluate the entire 2021 quarterback class. We spent so much time talking about these guys. I mean, all of them might be terrible. 
I mean, just the day today, this is like the low of this class. Trevor Lawrence threw two back-breaking interceptions today in a game they lost by four points. One of those picks, he threw a pick on first and goal at the one-yard line, which is the quarterback equivalent of like pissing your pants right as you get to the urinal. Mac Jones in this Jets-Patriots game, Bill Simmons was tweeted. Bill Simmons is already panicking on Mac Jones. I think the best play Mac Jones made all day was a pick six because at least after he threw the pick six, he took a roughing the passer, which negated the pick six, gave them 15 <laughs> yards, put him in field goal range. Like that was like the best play he made all day. Zach Wilson, I think this sounds fake. Zach Wilson threw three picks in a game they lost by five points. And after those three picks, told reporters after the game that throwing away the ball gets old for him sometimes. I get bored with, I get bored with get, throwing it away. Justin Fields like might be like a godsend in fantasy football. I have no idea if he's good in real life. And the most memorable thing he did today was jump over Micah Parsons to avoid tackling him. So Micah Parsons could return a fumble for a touchdown. And then Trey Lance, who, you know, has gone into the ether. He's like on the house of the dragon timeline. We get one, one season from him every two years. So I'm, I'm just wondering DK, like, have we just made a huge mistake with this quarterback class? I don't know, man. I, it's way too early. I, I I know that like Simmons has the thing where he's like, you can tell right away. I don't think that's we can not, tell right away that yeah. any of these guys are going to be elite. Like, I think that's definitely clear. I'm not ready to give up on several of these guys. Um, I would think I don't understand why everyone's turned on Mac Jones so quickly. I, don't, I know that he hasn't played all that great this year, but he had a very good rookie season. Like he's been hurt. He's playing on a high ankle sprain. Like that is very difficult for any player at any position. Listen, your your dog's even crying over the quarterback class. And I apologize. He's he's <laughs> trying to get out because I'm screaming at you guys this whole time. Um, no, that's George, actually the sound of Mac Jones after the high ankle sprain. <laughs> George, sit down. I gotta say, out of all these guys, I feel the best about Justin Fields right now. Yeah, which that's, is weird because honestly, thing. like three or four weeks ago. I'd have been. I was like pretty much ready to give up on Fields. I was like, he th he doesn't do anything well. Like he looks completely lost. He looks shell shocked every time he drops back to pass. He does. He's not seeing anything. He's not like you know making his reads. He's totally missing wide open guys. And so I was like, this is like several weeks ago, which is why I'm not quite ready to like completely give up on all these guys if they're having like a few bad games. Obviously, I know that the you know evaluation goes back to last year. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously with with Fields, I think he has the physical talent that none of the other guys have. He's so fast. And he can... And I mean, I've seen... We've seen many like quarterbacks over the last like 10 years. Earlier in the career, they have to kind of rely on their athleticism. They have to rely on their run game, all that stuff. Like It kind of gets them into a zone. We saw Russell Wilson do that when he was a rookie. Um, and then you have to develop as a pocket passer as you go along. I have more faith that he'll do that than any of these other guys. Um, but I still think Mac Jones could be good. I haven't given up on him. And I still think Lawrence can be good. I, I do think we probably need to adjust like our expectations that he's going to be like the the most elite guy that we've ever seen. Like, you know, we, the expectations that we came when he came into the league were probably way too high. Well, if we had to re-rank these quarterbacks, if we were redrafting this draft, what is the what order would you put them in? Is Trevor Lawrence still first? Yeah, he is. Yes, I think okay. so. Zach Wilson, in my mind, he would falls from second not to fifth. Second, yeah, I think he's literally last. Yes. He, he, to me, has shown the least of any of these guys. The Jets need to move on from him. They need to draft a different quarterback this, next year. I, I, maybe this is, like, too forward, but, like, you kind of have to be a little thick to be saying to the media, I, I'm just getting <laughs> tired of throwing the ball. He, I mean, I, I want to get this quote exactly correct because I just could not believe that I was reading it. But he literally said, 
It just gets frustrating to just throw the ball away. <laughs> That's what I've done the last four weeks to put us in a good position to not turn the ball over and for us to win. So I need to be able to keep doing that. It gets old getting out there and not seeing anything there. I, I do you, like so it's like the scene. How do you say thing. that? <laughs> Come on, man. I, I I just can't. I can't believe it. Never. I, it's insane. At least the seeing ghost thing was in private. That was to a gaggle of reporters. Honestly, maybe maybe everybody feels the best about Trey Lance because we really haven't seen him play yet, and all these other guys suck when they're on the field. I'm not going to lie. I thought you guys were going to like my House of the Dragon joke because he didn't play a college oh, football I, I season. thought it was good. In my head, I was like, ooh, that's good. That's good hyphism. It's true, though. Yeah. And then, so, is, so it's Lawrence's one, and then, uh, I mean, what? Are we putting Mac Jones or Fields two? I would say Fields. I'd say, well... Yeah, probably Mac and then Fields. I don't honestly like going back. Uh, I, why well, I, I was on record saying like I don't really understand why we all just assume that Zach Wilson should be the number two pick, but I, at the same time, like it's not clear cut who any like who would be the number two now. Even like a year and a half later, like I could I could see someone taking Mac Jones over Fields because Fields still has not developed very much as a passer. You know, I think that you know it's all up in the open. So. Yeah, it, it's tough. Like, it's it's really hard to know, like, what any of these guys are going to bring. All that said, though, like, I'm still, you know, I think it's just we got to take the longer view here. And the teams probably are going to, too. Like, it's probably still, like, a year or two away from any team moving away from any of these quarterbacks. Well, meanwhile, 2021 quarterback class, um, Eagles, 2020 second rounder Jalen Hurts, just, again, incredible. Eagles just rock the Steelers. And I want to, on that note, I want to give the dad award every week. We give the dad award for being so disappointed. Like, we're not mad. We're just disappointed. This mm. was such a great week for fantasy. We have to spin this. I'm going to do the dad award. We're so proud of you. Son. Oh, my God. We're so <laughs> proud of you for A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown had the best game of his career by halftime. Like, straight up. He did. Yeah. Most receiving yards in his career. And he had the first three touchdown game of his career, and he did in the first half. Six catches, 156 yards, three touchdowns. Put this in Just, the category of every time I looked up. Every time I looked up, he's catching a touchdown bomb down the right sideline into the back of the end zone. Steelers yeah. are kind of like a rainbow strip right now on defense. They are. To be honest. Ian Harditz noted this. A.J. Brown has more receiving yards this year than the entire Titans receiving core combined. Yikes. So, Seems like he would have been Brown. useful on that team. He would have been pretty useful. All right, next award here. Craig mentioned that the Steelers were just an absolute rainbow strip. Uh, I think we're just disappointed in the Steelers, are we not, DK? Well, this is... I'm not mad. I'm not mad at George Pickens. I'm just a little disappointed. Can we not get him one catch? I have to do a shotgun because of this guy. Started oh. him. Started him and got... He was three targets, oh. no catches. He should have had... All three of those targets yeah. were like highlight 25-yard catches. Well, one, like he, his toe was barely out. One, they called a bullshit P.I. Yeah. He was Wait, great. Dika, you have a league where you have to shotgun a beer if you, any of your players he, you start getting zero, any, right? Yeah. If anyone in your starting lineup gets a zero, you have to shotgun a beer, you have to film it, and send it to the group. So anyways, I'm not, I'm not mad at Pickens because I think he's going to be a great talent throughout the rest of his career. Can we just mix in one catch? I mean, when you're losing by that much, you can't just throw him like a screen or something. Do you what is... What's the over-under on, on how fast you could shotgun a beer? Ooh, I'm not very good at it. It's like, I don't know, 10 seconds? What, what's, what's bad? What's like really bad? I'm not like um, really bad, but I'm pretty bad. I would say extremely fast is in like the four second, three, four second right. range. That's not like me. elite status. I, can't I would that. say your average chuggers, you know, six, seven, eight seconds. 
I would say I'm like slightly below average. Double digits I, is where it starts to get a little a little sad. <laughs> you don't have to be faster than <laughs> the bear, just sad. faster than your slowest friends. I think in shotgun a beer, time stops. I, I couldn't tell you how long. It could I want to I want to set a line and then have DK record it. We can put it on Twitter. Take some bets. <laughs> That's good. Oh man. That's anyway, good. what's the, what's the vibe check around the Steelers right now, Craig? They've been getting just absolutely dominated a couple times this year. They're just getting shit rocked by every team <laughs> because they're they're just they're playing like. They're playing like they every week. They're just playing a playoff team. They've had the hardest schedule by far uh, to start the season, and the vibes are terrible. <laughs> P- Pickett said after the game today, he said, and I quote: "Guys need to know what they're doing. We need to study more. I don't think we study enough as a group. There's way too many penalties and stuff like that, which we can control. For that to happen, there's really no excuse for that. Him, him, the rookie quarterback saying we need to study more. I don't think we study enough. Yeah, uh, is pretty bad vibes. I'm like, I'm going to be honest. Like, I, did I did I look up CJ Stroud highlights today? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Dude, well, here's the thing. So like I'm cheating on my fiance. Wow. Like, well, I, I'm I, in the bathroom with the door locked, like looking at <laughs> CJ Stroud highlights. Imagining if we go two and fifteen, what's possible? Oh my gosh, dude! Solak and Steven are convinced that Kenny Pickett sucks, and I'm kind of like, you know what? All these like incredible almost highlights look up look like for Deontay and Pickens. They look like Kenny Pickett was not getting enough reps in August. Like it almost looks as if he was the third string quarterback for three weeks of training camp. To me, and he just I, hasn't gotten to practice with these guys, and then he's playing the toughest defenses like seven in a row. I found peace. You know, I laugh. Because, or else I would cry because it's kind of nice that Pickett is either going to where he's going to play the rest of the year and he's either going to be good enough to where I feel confident that he should be the starter next year and we shouldn't draft a quarterback or he's going to be terrible and then hopefully the Steelers will pull a Cardinals and just bury his ass and draft CJ Stroud. I'd love Wait, that. This should be the segment. It should we should do this thing called incognito mode, which is when you just. <laughs> get to ask like wait so we could just we don't need to when are you looking up right? draft prospects and like yeah. around where your team is going to be drafting next year yeah it's hard can we just play like the texans or something i'd like to see kenny pickett play a bad team i don't know I I'm actually say, I'm in, looking incognito at their... mode like should the giants have just traded saquon for the christian mccaffrey package and not bought him at the six at one start i don't know possibly i'm actually looking at the steelers schedule they've, it, they've really a lot better lost, after the they've bye. lost bad to the to the Bills and to the Eagles. Otherwise, it's not been that bad. No, but every team they I mean they've been I think they've played like 6 out of the 8 teams they've played are playoff teams. Yeah. It's not good. Okay, next award here, Craig. Uh this is the rookie mistake award, which is typically our Snickers sponsored award, but we, we don't even have their sponsor today. I just I just wanted to have my own rookie mistake award. Uh <laughs> we just like Snickers so much we want to talk about it. Yeah. Sure, shouts out Snickers. Uh my rookie mistake, <laughs> DJ Moore who the most exhilarating game of the day was Atlanta, Carolina, which everybody predicted. Carolina <laughs> scores a touchdown with like 20 seconds left. A bomb from, from Phil Walker, our guy, who, yeah, by the Phillip. way, threw the ball like 70 yards in the air to DJ Moore. DJ Moore catches a touchdown. He's having the best game of his season, 150 yards and a touchdown for DJ Moore. I always believed in him. <laughs> right. Never. Yeah. yeah. No, nope, never. Rips off, his, rips off his helmet, gets an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Now it's a 40-yard extra point. Field, uh, extra point. The game is tied. 20 seconds left. Of course, the kicker, Eddie Pinero, who looks like an eighth grader, shanks it. <laughs> he does. He looks like game, he had extra and super bad. Game goes to overtime. Mariota throws a pick. They have a 30-yard field goal for Pinero. Shanks it again. They lose. And it was the most <laughs> devastating bad beat for the Panthers of the season. But also, like, probably good in the long run that they lost. 
Is the Falcon one? <laughs> like, is the Falcons like bad juju over after this? And two, no. should DJ Moore feel better that it feels like Eddie Pinero would have just mixed the extra point even without the fifty yard penalty? Honestly, dude, this game, which is this is very hard to believe, but the winner of this game between I believe that it was the two and five Carolina Panthers and the three and four Atlanta Falcons, the winner of that game would be the sole leader in the NFC South. The Panthers could have been first in the NFC South if DJ Moore didn't take his helmet off. You know who oh, uh, who is first in the NFC South? Arthur Smith's four and four Atlanta Falcons, first place. Yeah, actually, I don't mind first that they won the today because guess what? They decided to actually use Kyle Pitts. Like, yeah, they, we, they can they can get points from f- the forward pass. They realized maybe in this one. Uh, yeah, we don't have to do the three tight ends who outscored Kyle Pitts. It's really <laughs> it's really two tight ends who didn't outscore Kyle Pitts or who did outscore Kyle Pitts, which is only two guys. Uh, he was the the third tight end in fantasy this week. Eighty yards and a touchdown. Nine targets. They they threw the ball. Mariota threw it like twenty eight times. Yeah, next week it's going to be forty five rushes and eleven pass attempts. Can I just say I've been starting Kyle Pitts every single week, and this felt great. (laughs) This is why we said like you had to keep him is because when this happened, if you got rid of him and then this happened, it's like I just I mean just jump off a bridge. That's how I would have felt. It's like when you lost an argument like two months ago with a friend, and then you finally found out you were right. (laughs) And you like show up one night and you're like, hey, remember that thing? Turns out I was right. And everyone's like, hey, dude, nobody cares anymore. And you're like, I was right. <laughs> oh, my God. Now we just oh got to get Drake God. London some more looks. Let's not that, get greedy. That's this whole other thing. Let's let's just move let's on. Not, let's not yeah. get greedy. They're in first place. Let's I already got go. mad, mad enough at other coaches tonight. I don't want to get mad again. All right. We have a new award here, which is the, uh, the Deer Antler Spray Award. For yeah, you know, we don't know how you did this. We don't know why, but it was good. But this DK. is the uh, if you don't remember, deer deer antler spray was uh, the way that Ray Lewis came back from. Like I don't even remember what the injury was. He came back really quickly because he was using like regenerative spray from deer antlers or some shit. I don't know. Uh, this was early in the PED era. Um, DK Metcalf. Speaking of, how the hell is did he play in this game? This was the I was this was also going to be known as the mansplain of the week. If he, in the past, Heifetz has done some mansplains where basically admits to uh, being very wrong about stuff. I was very wrong about this. I basically scolded not not really, but I was like Heifetz, why are we ranking DK Metcalf this week? He's not going to play. He's going to miss like a month. He's got a patellar tendon injury of some sort. He's not practicing. He's not expected to practice. And all of a sudden, I think on Saturday he practiced and he was like, okay, I'm going to play. And we're like, oh, and so I created extra work for Heifetz. Um, so sorry about that. No, you yeah, know he, what I think the most incredible part of the whole thing is, is he didn't wear a knee brace. He's I, an alien. I, I, I know yeah. that that doesn't sound that crazy, but like, that's fucking astonishing that he had this knee injury and he, he was like, all right, I'm going to play. I just assumed he's either in a snap. No knee brace. This is insane. Like the trainer I, I was I did like, a legit double take when I saw him on the field today. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was gamesmanship because they were like, oh, Matt Caff and Lockett, they're going to play. Tyler Lurk- Lockett hurts his oblique at a practice. That's no- First of all, for us, ranking people, worst case scenario. There's no possible way to know how healthy someone is if they get hurt on a random Thursday. Right, right. And then I'm like, is this gamesmanship? They both play. They both have the difference of the game. They have the two passing touchdowns. And then... Metcalf has to be the first guy to ever be carted off twice in one season and not and play the next week both times. Oh yeah, right? I mean, I, we obviously when it first got when he first got injured, we were like, oh, he's done for the year. You know, he was his knee bent inward; it just didn't look good. There was talk of potential MCL, potential ACL. 
Uh, and then, you know, Pete Carroll, it's hard to believe what Pete Carroll says about anything when, when it comes to injuries. So, yeah, I, I was wrong. Hi, Fitz. I mansplained to you that Metcalf, there's no way Metcalf's going to play, but he's an alien. He came back. Well, he played. He we're leaving out the obvious here, which is what if DK Metcalf for the second time this year just got carted off because he had to take a shit? It's possible. Also, how about Jamar Chase, who was supposed to be out four to six weeks? Now, like, maybe not. There was Bengals beat reporters tweeting that, like, internally, team doctors were saying that they just said, like, Jamar's hip will heal faster than the average human Literally beings. built different. <laughs> like, that's what? his prognosis. Built different. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I, I, The older I get, the less I know about everything, but especially the human body. I don't get anything anymore. What's the effect where it's like the, the more expert you become at something, the more you realize how little you know about it? That's an that? Aristotle like quote. <laughs> Dunning-Kruger is, yeah, yeah. But uh, also Aristotle, sure. <laughs> yeah, he probably had it first. Um, okay. Other yeah. deer antler spray. Dude, DeAndre Hopkins. Who oh, yeah, the deer antler spray good. hasn't worn off yet, I guess. He still has a little bit left in, in the bloodstream. Dude, the, comes back from PED suspension <laughs> and he's just immediately a top five receiver. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you know, he's got 22 catches in two games, like two, 250 yards. He looks Did fantastic. you see his cat, the touchdown catch today? Yeah, sticky hands. This is why it's good to have really good receivers is like the easiest thing that I can take away from this. It's like he caught that thing. It was a laser pass. The back of the end zone, he just reached up and snatched it with one hand. Touchdown. Like sometimes it's just really nice to have an elite receiver to throw to. Hopkins is incredible, and I was a little worried he'd lost a step. I do like, continue to be radicalized by the Cardinals' offense because <laughs> in what only, way? like it is in, again. Uh, wait, I have to double check here because coming into the season, well, let me see. Yep, they had three points today in the first quarter, so now the Cardinals are up to nine points on the first quarter of this season. Uh, I don't Jesus. know how that's fucking possible. They continue to have given up the most points in the first quarter and scored the fewest. I don't know what coaching is, if not doing that. The entire, everything that Cliff Kingsbury is supposedly involved with in Arizona doesn't work. The only thing that works for the Arizona Cardinals are when Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins just make shit up. Right. Like MSU, just make shit up. It's the only thing that works for this team. Well, yeah, reading between the lines is what you're saying is the first quarter, generally speaking, is like the coaches have scripted out the first 10 or 15 plays, whatever it is. And so, you know, Hyphens is basically saying, like, Cliff's plays suck. And then at the end of the game, it's just like Kyler making up for it and going out and running around and, like, yeah. making shit happen. So when they actually need to score, Kyler's just runs around and does stuff, which <laughs> it sounds like overly simplistic. I swear to God, that's exactly what happens every single time. Yeah. Nathan Fielder should do an episode of the rehearsal about Cliff Kingsbury in the first quarter. I, I, it's, it's Why was he wearing way. sunglasses today? They were in Minnesota in a dome. Why does he wear sunglasses <laughs> as a head coach? I think it's literally to make himself look cooler and to hide the fact that he doesn't know what the fuck he's well, doing. Did you see him last Girl. week? His, his, he was kind of like bloodshot eyes. He just didn't look that good. I'm not going to lie. Sunglasses inside. Why? I would have made a joke about Cliff Kingsbury looking HD, hungover man. if I wasn't like concerned for his health. Because the, the nicest thing you can say about Cliff is that he's so concerned for his job. He's just not sleeping. Right. I, I I am like actually worried for him because he looks like sponge like um you know SpongeBob when they run out of water Craig and they get all dried out yeah I like that's how you Craig last week <laughs> I won't know that at I mean all. I, yeah obviously <laughs> when they're in Sandy's dome Pinky's yeah up. they're in Sandy's yeah. dome like that's how Cliff looks now that's why he's wearing sunglasses okay bizarre like when's the last time you remember like a head coach just wearing sunglasses the whole game it's it's so weird. <laughs> 
Now that you say it, I he's in, he's just wearing like Ray Bans in coaching. Well, I don't, yeah, what is he doing? I mean, he looks cool. Who had like an eye injury. <laughs> it's literally just the Vikings coach who wore glasses because he had an eye injury, and that that's all I can think of. I don't know. Well. Bizarre. While we're on it, why do they wear uh, why do they wear the hats with no top on them? You know, the visors. Why why, why did did they run out of like material? Why why can't they have the material on the top of their head? Too? No, that's easy. That's for people who want to wear a hat but have great hair. Yeah, it's cool. Okay. It's cool. It's less. It's less hot. You know, it's cooler. <laughs> no, it's for people who have great hair but also want a cap. Like a DK logo on their face. Make sense. Questioning why visors exist. You want to? Are you? Are you pro visors? DK, that's because you fundamentally look at a hat as a way to hide your bald head. Oh uh, yeah. Other people just want like something that's, to block the sun. That's like fifty percent true. Also, I just think visors look dumb. Like even if you have great hair. No, if they have, if you're like hot and you have great hair, visors look kind of sweet. No, yeah, yeah. that's a it's, bad. It's take. for hot people. That's the short no. answer. I mean, visors are <laughs> dumb, but like people can really pull them off. Like if you have a great head of hair, you can do it. Uh, yeah. yeah, but listen, what can't you do with a great head of hair? Exactly. <laughs> play quarterback for the Jags, I guess. <laughs> you Damn certainly it. play for the 49ers. Stuff <laughs> uh, opens a lot of doors for you in life. <laughs> you know how they say like uh, how many, whatever percent of CEOs are over six feet tall. I wonder what the percent of bald CEOs is. <laughs> I mean, probably pretty the high. The way that you said bald there is just so vindictive. Bald <laughs> CEOs. <laughs> Jesus. No hate against bald people. I feel like bald isn't the same. I mean, they're talking about 60-year-old white guys. Like, a lot of them are bald. It's just it's going to be a I thing. I mean, yeah. That's how I look at it. It's, it's I thought you were going to ask about common. what percentage of CEOs are hot. Like, Bob Iger. He's a good-looking man. Great-looking guy. <laughs> Looks yeah, fantastic actually, for his age. He's like 70 he years like. old, looks like 55. I don't know yeah. what he's doing, what deer antler spray, rich guy shit he's on, but he looks fantastic. Silver, well, actually, he wrote, it's, he woke, he just works out at five in the morning every day. I think it's the answer for all of them. Yeah. He probably just like eats well and exercises. Yeah. Crushes <laughs> email at five in the morning while he's on a trip, though. <laughs> Meanwhile, Cliff okay. Kingsbury is just God knows where at five in the morning. I don't know if he's waking up or going to sleep or what. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Burn book. Week one, we burned Cam Akers. Week two, we burned Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney. Week three, we burned Baker Mayfield. Week four, we burned Kyle Pitts. Week five, Allen Robinson. Week six, we burned DJ Moore and Elijah Moore. And the DJ Moore said the best two games of his year since then. Week seven, we burned AJ Dillon. Week eight, who is the person who has wronged us so thoroughly that we were just burning them, putting them in a bird book? I struggled this week. Did you guys? I don't. I didn't have anyone at the top of my head. Who do, who do you guys think? I'm uh, so happy. No one wronged me. I still think that I, we've been circling the Steelers like sharks all season long. We need to burn a Steeler at some point. And I want to give, I, every week I think it should be Najee Harris. He's paralyzed any fantasy manager. Nobody knows what to do. He gets you like eight to 10 points every game and that's it. And they're like, well, I don't, I'm not going to sit him. I, I just think he, he's like the, the worst no man's land player you have. Yeah. It's like the Steelers. Honestly, I'd be almost down to just burn the Steelers as a concept because I, I joked about this on the Friday show, but it's true. It's like Deontay Johnson, like fourth in targets, period, like straight up as the fourth most targets in the NFL, feels unplayable. 
Like he has five catches, thirty five yards today. Nine targets. Yeah. Like who cares? Seriously. He has no touchdowns on the year. It's like you know what I mean. I would I I I would just burn Pittsburgh. Well, no, not the city. That sounds awful. I would burn the Steelers. <laughs> Be careful what you say, man. Yeah, I know. The entire Steelers. You know what's sad? Chase Claypool is point three points away from being the highest scoring Steeler in fantasy what? football. That's he, right. He might get traded too. Oh my gosh. That's this is a good one. It's a good one, Craig. Thank you. He You're not going to believe today. this. My dog got out of his crate. He's just wandering around now. He like got out of the crate. Like how did you? How did I just you heard get him out of the sniffling, crate? sniffing at my door. I don't know. Did you, did you lock <laughs> no, the crate? Did he yes. develop thumbs? Yes. I don't know how this happens. You did lock the crate. Are you yes. sure you want to go on record as you locked? You're literally being recorded. Are you? You want to go on record that you locked Putting the crate? A, not not with like a deadbolt. Putting a dog in a crate is a normal thing. Like dog, he he sleeps. No, in a crate. I know. The, crating your dog is not inhumane. It's not like we're that's leaving not what I'm saying. I'm saying hours. that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is by going on record that you locked the crate, you're implying that the dog undid the lock, or instead of just like he forgot. I well, mean, he's, he's other, out. He's the only other the living thing currently. that can comment on this is a dog. So I'm gonna have to take <laughs> he's DK's not word talking. For it. Yeah, uh, I feel so like wait, the dog uh, didn't undo the lock in the crate. Should we burn George? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh my god! Just I don't George, know how George Pickens. I don't George know how much dog. of uh, the the George saga from tonight is going to get axed from the podcast. But just so you know, if you're if you're listening now, George has been making a bunch of noise. My my seven month old puppy's been making a bunch of noise in the background, and uh, he's a menace. He's a menace to podcasting right now. All right, let's just burn all the Steelers. <laughs> Steelers. George. They're George. all they're all just holding you back. You should just don't start any of them because the upside is not there until something until they start, you know what? Until they start playing teams that aren't favored to win the Super Bowl, don't start Steelers. And George is on notice. This is like what we did with the Panthers. We gave him a week. He's probably right now eating toilet paper, if I had to guess. <laughs> it's like his thing. Well, is this the crate where like it's all six sides, right? Like, it's not like just the four. Like, well, is it the four? Could so he have this jumped is, over? This, the one that I put him in just during the podcast, like I keep him, I was hoping he would go to sleep. It's just a fabric crate where you like, has like, has like a zipper in the front. And I think he broke oh. the zipper. Oh, <laughs> that makes more sense. But it, we do have like a metal crate that he sleeps in and he likes it usually, but you know, he just wants to hang out. And then when he does hang out, then he just whines because he wants to go like play and stuff. He's a, he's a seven month old puppy. All right, well, we'll let you go deal with that. Okay. And I was yelling. I was yelling a lot at coaches, and I think that made him nervous. I don't blame him. Well, I mean, DK, maybe, I don't know. Just I should probably just chill is, is, the, is the lesson here. If I'm scaring George. That's what everyone says about DKs. You got to chill. <laughs> thank you, Craig. Thank you, DK. Uh, thank you, George. I, I guess we're not really thankful for George. I mean, we love George. I mean, I love know, George. It's a, but it's a well, coaching no, I, issue. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Thank you, George Harrison. Speaking of George's. Mm. <laughs> Remember when we did the two Beatles yes. in a live for Selak? <laughs> yes. He, wasn't, he didn't Ring, know which Ringo? Ring, Ringo? Ringo. Ringo. Did, did George Harrison go solo post-Beatles or no? Yeah, he had, he had, I don't know how many albums, but he definitely has some songs that I've heard that are just George Harrison. Yeah? Yes. And that is the extent of my George Harrison knowledge. Let me check. Yeah, he did. He went solo. I want to see what, what's like the biggest George Harrison song. Wow, I didn't realize the flow that George Harrison had. See, Not, get ahead of hair, take you George anywhere. Harrison. Yeah, good one. 
I don't know. My sweet, my sweet lord is a famous song, and I think it was on the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, which is a very like millennial. Oh yeah, that's a great song. (laughs) I really want to know you. That song. Yes, I like that we didn't anger enough people by not knowing the Brian Adams songs right off the top of the head. So now we're like, yeah, we just don't know George Harrison. No, you didn't know who Brian Adams was. There's a difference. (laughs) He's right. Huge difference. Well, and I'm it, at fault there. But not knowing defense, George Harrison's songs, not a huge deal, I feel like. Yeah. In my defense, he spells it with the Y, and my brain just doesn't lump in Brian's with the I and Brian's with the Y together. You know, I was at a bar a few weeks ago, and I was talking to a friend, and a guy goes, a guy overhears my name, and he goes, your name's Craig? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you spell it with a C or a K? And yeah. I was like, a C. And he was like, Weird. That's you're the first Craig I met who does that. <laughs> what? I was like, one, who knows multiple Craigs? <laughs> and two, who knows Craigs who spell their name with a fucking K? Maybe it's like in Europe they spell it with a K. Was this guy European? No. Okay. <laughs> he was aggressively American. <laughs> What's, um, that? What's that mean? <laughs> I don't know. I just he very much was from America. You, well, you know, there there was a running back on the box named Craig Lumpkin who spelled yep. his name with a K. Yep. I remember that guy. But he was I spelled in the most find him. unappealing way you could imagine. It was K-R-E-G-G. <laughs> his last name is Lumpkin. <laughs> Which might that might be the worst name in NFL history. Craig Lumpkin. <laughs> and this is in a sport that had Dick Butkus. I would take Dick Buckus any day over <laughs> Craig Lumpkin. It's like oh, Craig. No. You can see that. You just really feel the E G G. In your, you feel it in your chest. You know, you feel it. it sounds it sounds like a slur in Gaelic. Craig. <laughs> Craig Lumpkin. Craig. Remember when we had a big long discussion about how you pronounce your name in other countries? There's a whole episode of Veep where they can't pronounce the name Craig. Remember that? <laughs> it like, seems like such a straightforward name to me. I don't know. <laughs> I agree. Craig. I've never quite understood the controversy. <laughs> but it is alive and well. Craig Lumpkin. Lumpkin. <laughs> Lumpkin Loki is even funnier to me than the Craig. It's like when it's like celebrities who change their last name. Like, why can't athletes do that? Change your name, Lumpkin. The, just go with Craig. Just, just a, everyone a just put it in French. Olivia Wilde's name is Olivia Cockburn. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it. I kind of get, yeah, I get why. I mean, yeah. I I, I, yeah. I, yeah. Lumpkin. Probably a good call. Just change. Craig Hansen. Done. <laughs> pick, pick a different name. That easy. We need to normalize changing your name. Who cares? Do whatever you Just want. Pick something you want. Pick yeah. something, whatever. Pick a name. He's from Newton County, Georgia. Craig Newton. Done. Goodbye, everyone.